welcome to the Craft Beer Showdown podcast, where information is king, drinking is mandatory, and the beer is always flowing. Now, let's check in with your hosts and see what's on draft in this session. In this, the 10th episode of the Craft Beer Showdown, we are talking beer myths, ones that bother us a lot, and some that I've even been tricked by in the past. So sit back, grab a beer, and let's get started. Before we do get started, however, I wanted to mention this is the first episode that was also broadcast live on Google Plus Hangouts. Head on over to craftbeeracademy.com slash live dash show to see this podcast in video form and to see the next live show as it happens. Hi, everybody. Brian and Amanda here. Hello. Doing the very first live viewers to start for joining us. You're Much the best appreciated. Um, before we really get started, a uh, couple things. Uh, the first big thing is this will be available on YouTube and as its nice normal audio podcast once we're all done. Um, just a couple different ways to view it. So however you would like to view it, go ahead and do that. So in getting started, kind of following the same uh, path we did before, uh, we're going to look at a couple things. Uh, first is some beer news. Then something I hold kind of near and dear to my heart are uh, beer myths. I love debunking beer myths. A.K.A. what pisses Brian off. Exactly. It's what keeps me, up, keeps me up at night. So, let's get started and look at what we kind of got together for some beer news. Uh, the first big thing, and not really big, but the first thing that we found, uh, was the Heady Topper Authorized Seller Program. thought that was kind of interesting. I love this shit. So, Amanda, you, you seem pretty excited about this. Why don't you tell us what's up? I was. Heady uh, Topper, obviously, if you're local, um, you can't get it. And if you can, it's slightly illegal. And by slightly, I mean completely illegal. Uh, but you know your favorite beer stores and you know who carries it. Uh, luckily, like most cans, you can find a date on the bottom of it to let you know whether it's fresh or not. Uh, for those of us who are not educated enough or did not know that before, you may have tasted old Heady Topper in the area. Uh, basically, this article said that uh, in an effort to prevent these kind of sales, they're going to start giving a decal to authorized dealers. Uh, decal is like the easiest thing in the world to make. So I have a feeling it doesn't matter and people are going to buy it whether they see the decal or not. You know if it's illegal in your market. Brian, I am seriously distracted right now about this I'm weird trying, that you're I, I cannot get the cap off or the cork out of this bottle. Serious man strength over here. I'm going to go off screen for a second and do this. It's, don't leave me here. But no, I, I totally agree with you that it seems like why would anyone care that it's not from an authorized seller? No, we don't, I don't think we care about authorized. I think we care about is it fresh? Is it going to taste good? Um, it's just the alchemist that's going to care or breweries that, you know, they choose to go into market or they choose not to and they've got yeah. the reasons for doing it. So it has nothing to do with us as the consumer. We would want to have everything we possibly could if we could. Yeah. So we're going to buy it regardless. Yeah. I, so, yeah, I don't know. Oh, maybe it's for resellers, you think? Like if someone's buying it to resell it, if the art- to make sure they're getting it legally? Right. Well, the article that we specifically were referencing said that um they wanted to crack down on this black market sales which just kind of blows my mind because it's you it's not like someone's stealing it off the back of a truck and like smuggling in somewhere like they're buying it and i think they kind of depend <coughs> on the black market sales anyway i mean it, it heightens nobody wants a beer that they can get all the time let's be honest yeah exactly so. well uh before we go any further got to start our first beer uh, we are looking at Les Trois Musketeers, the Three Musketeers. Easy enough. Uh, I'll be Dutch Signature Canyon. series, Sticke Alt Amber Lager. 6% alcohol. Let's pour this and see what it looks like. Plus, it's called a Sticky, which is funny. S-T-I-C-K-E, in my childish sense of humor. More Sticky, please. Thank you. Oh, definitely, definitely amber. Uh, this is actually the first uh, Sticky Alt that I've ever had. Seems like something I would like. Um, fairly low alcohol, 6%, 100% malt of Quebec. Gotta love Quebec malt. Magnum Northern Brewer and Hallertau hops, and 74 IBUs. Kind of plasticky. And it says it all on the bottle. I'm not just that smart. Brian, give yourself a little credit. Just because we're on video doesn't mean you have to be. That does smell very plasticky. Yeah. The taste is plasticky. 
Yeah, it seems almost a little bit too too bitter for the style it is. It does have all that like, swalt, swalt, sweet malt at the yeah. end. But very strange up front yeah. taste, very strange smell. I don't know if I dig that. Um, this is actually the second beer I got in my last shipment of the Rare Beer Club. So um, the first we had was the McKellar Maxis Ranger, which was phenomenal. I, I really like that beer. Except for the avocado leaves that we couldn't taste. I totally tasted That's not our fault, though. Totally tasted the avocado (laughs) leaves. But, uh, so that one was great. This one, not so much. I mean, at least I'm trying a sticky alt. That's right. I haven't seen one in the store before. We'll go ahead and untap it. Uh, So, yeah. I mean, it's okay. I don't think I'd buy this one again. Kind of warm, and I kind of wanted, like, a refreshing beer, and this this is not cutting it. Not that it has anything to do with the sticky style. I don't think stickies are supposed to be refreshing. Yeah. So... While we're finishing that up, let's see what we got next. Oh, I, this is one I, I thought was pretty interesting. Frozen hops. So, this article says that freezing hops might actually be good for them. Uh, it says it could lead to a tastier beer, uh, which, I, I mean, at least to me, that seems like that's totally wrong. Yeah. It seems like a frozen thing would be worse. Right, you never buy frozen food if you can buy it fresh. Yeah, never. exactly. Yeah, so let's see here what this says. Uh, looks like they freeze them with liquid nitrogen, so it's a little bit better than putting them in the back of my freezer. That's true. Farmers say they're concerned that freezing will turn the hops mushy. Yeah, but it seems like even if best case or worst case scenario, if it just kept them the same, it seems like that could be a, solve a big problem of hop contracts and well theoretically freezing keeps it fresher right yeah but so i mean if it could actually make it better that's great i mean if it just keeps them as is that that seems like that'd be pretty good too well what's i guess what's the difference between frozen hops and pellet hops i mean either wise you're sort of either way you're sort of just getting the oomph out of them yeah um, but it seems like if you bought, uh, if you had a contract for fresh hops and you bought way more than you needed or you had a problem. Hang on to them. Yeah. yeah. Get some liquid nitrogen down from the store. You know? Right. What, yeah. Like Walmart? Yeah. 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 Super Walmart. Oh. Yeah. Super K? No. They're, they're out of business. Not hot. There's one McKnight. Oh, hey, look at that. First viewer. Oh, thank you, viewer. Cheers. Woo! So yeah, I, to me that seems like that's kind of counterintuitive as to making something taste better. Uh, I'd like to taste something that had liquid nitrogen frozen hops. You don't nog it till you try it. Exactly. So Speaking of, where's our uh, extract drip for the beers? I can't find it anywhere. Uh, I'm, I don't want to just order from their no, website. No, for sure. I know. So the last little thing of beer news, uh, it's just kind of kind of funny and interesting headline on Beer Pulse actually said what made it look like the article is about one uh, basically there's one person that works for the TTB Tax and Trade Bureau that does every beer label um, approval. authorization and approval so literally one guy the article says 14,000 beer labels that's ridiculous yeah that's insane to me I think it's A it's pretty cool that they're 14,000 beer labels. If you had to sit in an office for eight hours a day, it would be pretty sweet to approve beer labels. Yeah, I mean, if you had to do something in an office, that would be a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, But going into the article, uh, it's actually about... Oh, it's titled, Marijuana-loving beer breweries embrace weed-themed branding defying federal government. So there's a couple things that the federal government doesn't like you putting on beer labels. Right. Um... It actually goes out in the article and says it later. The American flag is one of them. Right. Uh, profanity is something else. Yes. Actually, something we learned from a local uh, brewer, medical claims. Yes. Uh, a, a local brewery, uh, East End Brewing, had a beer called Eye Opener Coffee Stout. Right. And they couldn't call it Eye Opener Coffee Stout because it was a medical claim. So the medical claim could not be proven that the beer does indeed open your eyes. So you couldn't do it. Well, it's, it's all the way stupid. I mean, think about full pint, which originally wasn't allowed to be full pint because it was 12 ounces instead of 16. It was false advertising. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I never heard that. That's unreal. I that's mean, amazing. who cares, right? That's so, amazing. Oh, it's all out there. So anyway, so this article basically goes down to say uh, a lot of breweries are trying to do things with marijuana themes and are just striking out. Do uh, you have an Oscar Blues can here? I mean, I you can literally find three to four 
slightly less than subliminal references to weed on every Oscar Blues can. I do not. Although I did see the um, the ad that they put out when Colorado legalized marijuana. What was that? It was a crushed can made into a pipe of sorts with some some funny ad on top. But it was just there. It was a Dale's Pale Ale can. Nice. Crushed into a pipe. Pretty funny. And we're in PA and, and pot is illegal. So in no way are we endorsing crushing your can and no. smoking out of it. However, Oscar Blues kind of did. Absolutely. I mean, it's Colorado. Yeah. Uh, so it goes down here and it actually references one of my favorite... Uh, it's funny that I have favorite marijuana references in beer, but my, my favorite marijuana reference in beer is the Lagunitas, uh, which is basically everything from Lagunitas. Um, everything from their pint glasses that they give out, the, the mason jar ones that have 420 on them, to um, the one we're looking at here, and I'll put it, a link to this in the show notes. Um, they, they have their uh, censored ale. They have their uh, investi- or, uh, undercover investigation shutdown which was when they got shut down for uh, supposedly selling marijuana out of the brewery. Uh, a couple others, too. They had the uh, the chronic beer. Right. Um, or what, was, what was another one? Actually, the thing that kind of kills me is I'm almost positive when I first started getting craft beer that I had a chronic before it was censored. Now, mm-hmm. I don't I could totally have just made that up and just assumed because I know the chronic story that I think I had a bottle, but I could have sworn I bought one when mm-hmm. it was still called chronic and that would be so cool to have right now. Oh yeah. I, I love hearing it. My favorite quote is uh, from from the owner of Lagunitas. When they rejected chronic, we did push a little, he said. I told them, let me just ask you guys a question. What do you think bud means? What about high life? So that that's pretty funny. Yeah. That's good. Um, but anyway, so this, this article is just all about you know, the pushback they're getting in the naming. And let's not forget, I mean, to go very, very basic here, weed and hops are in the same family. Oh, yeah. Very, so very it's close. so easy. And so many different beers smell like weed. Yeah. A lot of these IPAs just have that sort of, well, fill in the blank. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the real... You know, it was buried in the article, but I think it was really interesting. The the whole fourteen thousand beer labels of one guy. Yes. I mean, how many of us have done fourteen thousand of anything at their job? Yeah. And that's every sexual reference you've never heard of that he's gotta figure out. Yep. And they don't sometimes. It takes them a while and they have to go back and be like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. We didn't mean to push this through. Yeah. Plus <sighs> So next time you see a beer label that you're you think, how the hell? Did that get through and, you know, Chronic didn't or, you know, something else? Um, But let's not forget that that alcohol is a drug, too. So I Mm -hmm. think there is so much overlap going on here. It just happens to be that alcohol is legal and weed is not. Yeah, exactly. You're always pushing that boundary. It's a little gray. Yeah, yeah, a little gray. So uh, that's, that's really all the beer news I had. Nothing else really wildly interesting that I saw came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure something did since our last show that I just didn't see. But those are kind of the things that interested me in the past week or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that being said, we can kind of skip ahead to uh, the thing I was really looking forward to talking about, and that's just beer myths. Um, there's not so much just tied to craft beer, but just beer as a whole. Um, yeah, things that people say that if you know are wrong just makes you cringe mm. or you know, just any of that stuff. The the things that people think. Every time you're in a bar and the guy next to you is with his newbie friends and he mm-hmm. thinks he's got all the answers and you really can't open your mouth that you're going to be a dick. But it's just, oh, did you really say that? Exactly. So um, I asked uh, if you know, asked a couple of you guys on Twitter this question. Just said, what are the ones that just drive you crazy? Um, and I got a good five or ten responses. Mm-hmm. You know, we put those together with some things that, you know, that bug us or that uh, maybe not even bug us because I don't want this to seem like, you know, another bitch session because I've done a couple of those. It happens. Um, but there's one or two of these that I actually got proven wrong on. Nice. That were things that I really, really thought. And after doing some research and having somebody with a little less couth than me, uh, or than some people correct me outright. Right. Um, it, it kind of made me, you know, made me realize that I was wrong. And we're always careful to state that these are opinions. Very, very right opinions. Good opinions. <laughs> so, um, we're going to go through this list. 
Uh, the first one I put on here, uh, the one that just gets me the most, is when someone says, I don't like beer, uh, or I don't like dark beer, wheat beer, light beer, whatever. It, it bothers me. And it bothers me not because it's wrong and it's a myth so much, but because people are missing out on amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I do beer samplings, I always tell people, um, if they say, well, I don't like this kind of beer, I say, well, then let me pour it for you first. Because I want, if someone says I hate stouts, I want them to try 20 stouts because mm-hmm. number 21 they might like. Right. You know, so just keep trying them. Um, so I, I think that's a, to me, that's a big myth mm-hmm. um, because everyone. I guess the myth of not liking beer isn't it, but it's the myth behind each one of those beers. Right, because you've had one beer that's that style <coughs> and you hated it, therefore all beers of that style must be garbage. Exactly. Oh, you know, or saying that I don't like dark beer because it's heavy. Right. Um, I don't like wheat beers because they're they're fruity. Banana. Yeah. Um, yep. I don't like lighter colored beers because they they don't have any taste, or IPAs because they're very bitter. Right. Um, all of those. You know, just kind of whatever someone says as a whole, I don't like that. Right. Um, that's probably the big number one. Uh, the second one we came up with, it kind of tied to that, Good is introduction, that introduction. Yeah. IPAs are all very bitter. Um, that's hundred percent not true. You know, even comparing British to American to you know all the different types of them. Um, yeah, I always use my wife uh, Dana as an example. That when we first started going out hated all beer and I slowly got her to find some beer she liked and then it was she liked a lot of beers except for IPAs and I made her try every IPA I had until uh, and this is kind of an extreme version of it but the first one she liked was Dogfish at 120 minutes um, <laughs> go big or go home exa- yeah. exactly so just loves the beer anytime we can find it have to buy it um, but she would have never found it right if she didn't try to say the word IPA and wouldn't want it. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, they there's such an amazing range of tastes. And that's why I always tell people to kind of denounce that myth is, you know, it's everything from, you know, piney to citrusy to mm-hmm. earthy to, you it's know. straight bitter. Yeah, to just good yeah. solid bitterness. Right. Um, to a point to that, though, um, I think part of the problem with that myth is our own fault in America here mm-hmm. is we just worship the IBU and you yeah. know this is this beer right here is a billion IBUs and that's a billion more than the human palate can taste you exactly. know but it's like the, you got your way to advertise that these are very very hoppy beers and that's why you want to try it because there is this sort of, and we'll get into this, this sort of myth that craft beer is hoppy. And mm-hmm. people that don't want to get into craft beer are like, well, I don't like hoppy beers. And we do make a huge fuss. I mean, if you look at all the top-rated beers, mm-hmm. they're all IPAs, you yeah. know, and they're all, hmm. So. Well, it's, it's just kind of the, it's the, the, the guy mainly kind of thing where the breweries always want to put out the bigger IPA beers. Right. And the craft beer fans always want to be the guy that likes the craziest you know, shit. Yeah, the twice bitter arrogant bastard right. and whatever. Yep. Um, but yeah, so without going on a little tirade about IPAs, just try them. And that goes for all the styles. If you don't like dark beer, light beer, stouts, whatever. You you don't dislike that style. You dislike the ones you've had in that style. Right. Um, this is one I, I get, and this is on both ends of the spectrum. This is from complete not beer nerds to... Owners. Way over there, the super beer nerds. Yeah. And that is beer needs to be either cold or warm to drink. Mm-hmm. So you have the people that like the macro beers that say, oh, beer has to be ice cold. If it's not ice cold, I don't want to drink it. It's terrible. And yeah, that's how they like it, and that's fine. Right. But it doesn't have to be cold. Well, I would say it does. If we can, well, if we can start the argument right now. Um, b- because it, you're getting... You don't want to taste it. Right, you do. You want to wipe out that adjunct flavor. You want to have it yeah. as golden crisp and lagers crisp and... Yeah. So, but then you have the guys on the other end that, you know, go 100% cask beer and say, beer's not good unless it's warm or right. room temperature or Guinness is meant to be drank warm. And that, you know, while for certain beers that is true, mm-hmm. certain beers should be drank at room temperature. Right. It's not, you know, it's not 100% true. Like, not, you know, like, 
there's not a rule that says, you know, every beer is better if you drink it warm. Or I'd rather beer have was been... meant to be warm. You guys bastardized it when you made it cold. Right. I'd rather have, uh, like, an IPA or something cold and a stout warmer. Mm-hmm. But even that's not universal. I mean, I could find yeah. exceptions to the rule. I know a lot of craft beer people that, although this has been a sticking point with us, I know a lot of craft beer enthusiasts who still want their beer in a frozen mug. Yeah. So... And... And, you know, the, the argument is there that you're wasting your money buying an expensive beer when you do that. But, right. Well, but that also goes back to if you enjoy it, yeah. do it. If you're buying a case of beer and that's how it tastes good and it's still, I mean, you like your summer solstice, let's say, ice cold. Yeah. But the difference is when someone says it has to be this way. It right. has to be cold. It has to be warm. But um, it gets in the same vein as the winos, though, who we really do our best not to be like. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to tell you how to drink, but... We don't tell you we got all the answers on how to do it. Yeah, so. exactly. But so the myth is that that you know a certain type of beer should always be served at a certain temperature. Um, it's just not the case. You know the the brewery tends to tell you what temperature they think it should be at. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's it's up to you. You know if you enjoy a beer that's supposed to be at forty degrees at thirty two degrees, drink it at that. Now just don't forget that theoretically you do get more nuance. If the beer is a little bit warmer. Oh, right. Um, so, I mean, if you are just starting out and you like your beer cold, keep drinking it cold, but try mm-hmm. it a little bit warmer. Yeah. And um, you will pick out different flavors, and it, it might even be kind of gross, uh, mm-hmm. to be honest. But give it a whirl. You know, just try it out. Exactly. So, next one. And this Ooh, was... actually, can we? Oh, can we talk about that one more second? Because when I when he first gave me this point, mm-hmm. sorry, he meaning Brian. Um, cold warm to enjoy i literally thought he meant like if you take it out of the refrigerator and put it on a shelf and then put it back in the refrigerator that's automatically ruined um (laughs) it's obviously not you just want to avoid extreme temperatures um so if you go and you go to your beer distributor and you get it out of the uh, refrigerated section and you take it home and you put it on your shelf it's not ruined yeah you know you can do a little bit of temperature fluctuation like that and not harm it yeah. so that was I wanted to say that real yeah. fast now, just because I forgot the only the only caveat to that is if you sell her to beer um, for, for a certain amount of time um, ideally you really probably should drink it at cellar temperature mm-hmm. um, if you cool it after that time it it's not going to give you a weird taste but it'll give it a weird haze and might give it a, a little bit different look because it sat for so long at a certain temperature. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's some science behind that with the proteins in the beer actually. Some science, yeah. it's science. But it's once again that that's not uh, that's a, a myth also that everyone says that's how it should always be, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be. I've drank a lot of cellar beer that was chilled, mm-hmm. that was great. Uh, personally, I like to drink the cellar beer, you know, at the you know mid sixty, you know, high sixties cellar temperature, but. You know, so there's another one I didn't even mean to put in here is every cellar beer has to be drank at cellar temperature. Right. Um, so kind of going back to the IPA there, uh, IPA thing, and this is one that uh, a myth I've heard from a couple actual craft beer people even uh, is that, and I actually thought this when I first started liking craft beer. That's why I said a couple of these aren't my pet peeves. It's stuff that, you know, maybe a couple you know, years ago, but I was, I was wrong, is that uh, all craft beer is super hoppy. Mm-hmm. So if it's a craft beer, it has a ton of hops, a ton of bitterness in it. And, you know, anyone that's been in craft beer for a little bit knows that that's not the case. So right. that's more of a myth for the novice or the macro drinker that, yeah, you will find a lot more higher hopped, higher bitter level, you know, IBU beers in the craft beer world because you can make some more batches, you know. You're not making, you know... 500, 600 barrels a batch. Right. You know, so if you make something with too much hops and no one likes, you're not, you're wasting it. Mm-hmm. But that's a big myth I try to tell people all the time that are either, you know, seem interested in craft beer but think that they won't like it mm-hmm. is that, you know, that everything doesn't have to be hoppy. Um, you know, and the kind of the aside that I seem like, and I've said three things here that uh, about not having to be hoppy, not having to be bitter, but. I guess that's kind of bad to say all those because I do love very hoppy beers, very bitter beers. 
uh, along with everything else. That might be the brainwashing of American craft beer on us, though, Brian. I mean, yeah. we already talked about that, how, you know, we do. We go out <laughs> of our way to find the biggest, hoppiest, nastiest. Yeah. And in Pittsburgh, the best-selling beers are IPAs. Yeah. And Across most, the board. So. Well, most places, yeah. But, you know, so don't... That's kind of my own little caveat to that, mm-hmm. is don't think that, you know, the... Oh, two viewers. All right. Oh, the, the two, let's to this guy, too. Uh, or girl. Or girl. Sorry. So the, the two brewer or two brewers, the two, um, the two ideas there that it doesn't have to be hoppy to be craft beer right. and that, um, you know, things don't have to be very bitter to be good mm-hmm. are, are fine, but, you know, I do love bitter stuff. That's right. So yeah. I don't want anyone jumping on me saying, oh, you hate IPAs. You know, you're not a craft beer guy. Yeah, we love them. Uh, so this is one same idea every craft beer person knows, but all the macro people, for the most part, don't know or don't care, is that Miller, Coors, Budweiser, um, all of those guys, that it's American beer. That they there's, you know, they there's were the red, American beers. Well, they were. That's and, what's such a killer about you know, these macros. Yeah. And that they were they were very good, very American, you know, family-owned companies mm-hmm. that kind of came from nothing, and, and that's great, but... Yeah, all the commercials, like the Super Bowl commercials for Budweiser, the Budweiser Hard cans, Americans. Yeah. You know, the, the not flag flag cans. Yep. Um, but all that just screams we're American, and you know you have things that are quintessentially American, like baseball, NASCAR, those types of things mm-hmm. that are all sponsored by by, by those guys, mm-hmm. and it just gives the idea that you know the the macro lovers say, well, I just want to drink American beer. And buy those, and then all of your money is going to South Africa and Belgium, yep. and where like you know, most of the beers that we drink go within fifty miles of us. Right. So, I, I that's what bugs me. I don't even know how to educate people, or if it's beyond the point to be honest. Because when uh, AB was purchased, I really thought it was going to make more of a stink than it did. But I think what this kind of reverts back to is that it's really just the beer people that mm-hmm. know this stuff. I mean, for the most part, most people just want to go out and grab some beers and be done with it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I just feel like I'm going to be digging if I... Uh, the, the things that I want to say sound really ignorant in my head. But it's like the standard beer drinker is the McDonald's eater. You know, it's the same person that doesn't take a lot of interest in staying local, uh, supporting local quality ingredients. And it sounds really snobby to be like, oh, well, you know, I drink craft beer and I don't eat fast food and I try to go to restaurants that serve local. Mm-hmm. But there is some style. And I, I have horrible. I, I will eat fast food. I'll be honest. If I'm on the road all the time, I'm probably going to grab fast food. But, but, but I, 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 I just don't know how to the, say it without just being ignorant. No, but the one thing I will say kind of to counter that is I think there's a lot of that but I think there's also a lot of misinformed yeah because I've talked to one or two people before that said you know oh um, you know you're doing Belgian beers for your sampling oh well you know I, I want to drink American beer right and I actually and I tell them you know that's you know um, SAB Mil, you know SAB uh, and Miller Coors and uh, you know uh, AB InBev and yeah, and tell them where those companies are from and who the people that run them are from. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the, the Budweiser or the Bush guys don't own right. the companies yeah. anymore. Like they're, it's not you know, that good on American company anymore. Exactly. So, and, you know, even down to the, you know, if you want to get real technical, like with uh, Goose Island mm-hmm. and, you know, things like that, that people still think that these things are are American beers. So I think... Some of it is, you know, the not caring, but I think some people are just misinformed too, where they don't, they don't think to look it up. I guess I'm, I'm curious. Uh, so even whether you're misinformed or not, you have been purchasing a, let's say, twelve ninety nine package, you know, all of this time. How do you get that guy from saying, well, no, I do want to support American, but I buy cheaper. Is there a way to bridge them over? If only someone had had a show about bridge beers. Cost. I'm talking about cost, not flavor. <laughs> no, I think there's a lot of ways. And I I think that might, you know, that's maybe might be the follow-up to the 
the bridge beer show mm-hmm. for another time. But yeah, I, I do I do think there's some ways, and I think that people are willing to pay more for a lot of things that it's made in America. So I think with people knowing that better, you can maybe. We should do a show on regional regional domestic beers. We'll just do like <laughs> Yingling, Straub, and Iron City for an hour. That, that doesn't sound fun. You want to talk about bridging beers. So, okay. So I think we kind of beat that, that horse to death. Yeah, sorry. But, sorry, horse. But in short, I think that's, that's a, a big myth is a lot of people mm-hmm. still think those are American beers and they drink them because they want to support America. Mm-hmm. And American brewers, and while they, you know, people do work for the American companies, yeah. you know, there are the breweries, a lot of the breweries are in the, the U.S., so you are technically supporting their jobs, mm-hmm. you know, those people's jobs. Uh, I would much rather support, have them go work for local breweries and then support those local breweries. It's like the car industry, right? Yeah, exactly. Chevy and Ford, no longer American, but Honda is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so moving on from that, uh, what's another one here? Uh so this kind of goes back to the beginning that uh, this one gets me every time someone sees me with a dark beer and they say, oh, I can't drink dark beers. That's too strong. Or that's too heavy for me. I can't, I get drunk way too easy on, on dark beer. And that's just not true. And even down to the point, it's not craft beer, but um, Guinness. When people say Guinness is too heavy. Guinness isn't heavy. If you take anything else from this show, Guinness is not a heavy beer. It's really low alcohol. It's, yeah, it's low alcohol. What is it, 5%? No, it's like 3 eighths, I think. I think it's fantastically I'm, small. I'm going to have to look that up. Oh, for sure. Do it, yes. But, but it's very, very low alcohol. Well, the big thing is, it has nitrogen in it. Nitrogen is lighter than oxygen. It just is. Not by a huge amount, but... Or I'm, I'm not oxygen. I'm an idiot. CO2. That's all right. Um... Nitrogen is lighter than CO2. So if you can drink a beer that is carbonated with CO2, carbonated, um, you know, a beer that has nitrogen in it is going to be a lighter, you know, a lighter beer ideally, especially if it's a lower alcohol beer because then there's just not a lot of, you know, heaviness, a lot of sugar and, and things in it to weigh the beer down. Um, it's not a heavy beer. You can literally drink way more of them than any other dry Irish stout. On the, on the same side of that coin, if you're doing a sampling and you have lighter colored beers and someone comes up and they're like, oh, I'm looking for like a darker beer, like a Guinness. Mm-hmm. I can probably give you some amber colored lagers or ales that are way heavier yeah, than a Guinness. Exactly. So that that's why this one gets me, the, the, the dark beers are stronger or heavier. It's just, it, it comes from the term, I think. Mm-hmm. Or I really do. That way back in history, the term stout wasn't, it, it wasn't a dark beer. Right. Uh, it was actually kind of like we use Imperial now. So, you know, Imperial isn't a style. It's a... Uh, it's not made for the royal family. Exactly. But, you know, you can have an Imperial IPA, an Imperial Stout, um, Imperial Pilsner, mm-hmm. the, the Morimoto. Yes. Uh, or Dogfish. Yeah. Yeah. So, you can have Imperial anything. Well, back when these styles first started, you had... A stout porter. Mm-hmm. You had a stout pale ale. You had a stout anything. Right. So, but the ones that caught on were these stout porters. Mm-hmm. So, everyone just started saying, "Can I have a stout?" And people just knew what you meant. And as it went on, it just became its own style. So, yeah, I'm just kind of beating that horse too. But <laughs> beat them all. Beat them all down. It's. I think people hear stout and they think strong, heavy, big. You know, like a like you call you know somebody stout. And you're. You know, it's not oh, a. Not, yeah, it's not a very small yes, person. Right. So. Well, in in some tiny bit of truth, there are more residual that is fermentable sugars in the darker malts. Mm-hmm. So theoretically. There's that whole concept that you get drunker off of darker alcohol than lighter alcohol. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, it's a myth. I mean, if you drink enough of anything, guess what? You're going to get a hangover. But because of that residual malt, that residual sugar, uh, keeps eating away in there and turning it into alcohol. So you are going to get a little bit more gross feeling the next day 
the darker the color of the alcohol that you're drinking. Well, that's all. I mean, that's just with anything, though. Right. I mean, it, you know, right. if you drink clear rum versus dark rum, there's just there's more stuff in. It. I mean, the toasted malt's gonna. Right. You know, but that's. I mean, more... that's my only defense of the darker beers being stronger. Okay. Uh, I'll take that. Yeah. Just you know, point counterpoint. Okay. Weekly. Well, I think it's about time for another beer. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, let's... the plastic sticky wasn't doing it for me. Yeah. I. So we'll take a uh, quick drink break. I can't dance. I'm very white. Very Polish. I don't want to be on camera by myself. We haven't lost our viewers yet. They must be sleeping. Did you guys pass out watching our show? And back. So, the next beer that we're going to try is Rogue's Chipotle Ale. Chipotle Ale. Ooh. Hey, no. Good. Um, no beer left. Weak link. No, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of torn about buying Rogue beer. Uh, I don't know if you've seen a lot of stuff lately about Rogue, that they're just a terrible, terrible company to work for. No, I have um, not. Educate me. I've seen a couple job postings for a graphic designer and mm-hmm. a couple other people for the company that basically say, we're going to pay you nothing, but you get to work for Rogue and be in craft beer and it's great and amazing. And it's probably not just unique to Rogue, though. Yeah, but... I I, everybody gets a sense of entitlement after a while. But they actually... Oh, that's going to foam over. The first thing I ever learned about Rogue that is, is sort of like followed me throughout my career now is it was the first time I ever heard the phrase proprietary yeast strain um, <laughs> because I happened to say to somebody that I didn't care much for the couple of road beers that I'd had and they sort of educated me by saying that a lot of breweries use the same yeast strain in all of their brands and because yeast imparts so much flavor in your beer um, there's a good chance that if you don't like that, you're going to pick it up in all of their other beers. Now, I can't say that's true 100%, but that's just what I heard. And ever since then, proprietary yeast strain just floats around in my head. I don't like it. It's the <laughs> proprietary yeast strain. So a little bit about this beer real quick. Uh, it has eight ingredients. Great Western two-row, rogue micro barley farm dare, and which is, risk malt. Which has a trademark, by the way. Yeah, dare and risk uh-huh. malt. Yep. Really? Yep. Yep. Rogue Micro Hop Yard Revolution and Rebel Hops. I never heard of Revolution Hops before. Well, if it's proprietary hop strain. Uh, Chipotle peppers, free range coastal water. Which is good because you don't want a cage of water. No, I mean that's mean. No, that's just I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna drink it and kill it, might as well give it a good life. That's right. Give it water massages. Keep it on the keep it on the same farm the entire time. And Pac-Man yeast. Well, Pac-Man is Now the only thing before we drink this I'm kind of weirded about is the cap seems a little bubbled. It's one of the oxygen absorbing caps. And it didn't notice the beer kind of bubbled over a little bit when I opened it. Mm, it's kinda um, gross. I don't know if you guys can see that or not, but it's like warty little Oh, yeah, you can see that big one right in the middle. Yeah, it's Ooh, there you go. Yeah, there. Uh never seen that happen before. That's pretty unpleasant looking actually. Oh hey, three viewers. Oh hey, hey. The more viewers, the drunker we might get. Mm. It's actually not too bad. Just a, a tiny bit of Chipotle in it. I think it's all the way smoke. Yeah. I am such a smoky like wimp though. But I mean that's chipotle peppers though. They're, no. They're... Well, I mean, that's fair. I do love peppers and I do love hot stuff and I just we should tell them about the ghost scorpion beer that we had. Yes, uh, from Elevator Brewing, right? I think so. Elevator Brewing out of Columbus, Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Yep. Uh, we were at a beer fest this weekend and tried a beer and when I say tried, I was given it without being told what it was. <laughs> Any warning. I was given a glass and said, here, try this. And drank it. And it was, I don't know what style it was. I think it was just an ale. Let's just call it an ale. Yeah. yeah it wasn't an, an ale. Mm. Uh, that part of it didn't matter so much. Mm-mm. What mattered was it was made with ghost peppers. And scorpion. And, oh, and scorpion. Yes. That's why it's called ghost so, scorpion, I think. So the ghost peppers are the second hottest pepper in the world. The right. uh, Bucha Loca. Yes. And the scorpion pepper was 
is the hottest and was made by some horribly evil person. Probably not even the hottest anymore. It's probably some sort of weird chemical strain compound or something yeah. right now. It, last time I saw it was the it, scorpion was, it was still? the hottest. It was some okay. weird strain where they 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 interbred the the ghost pepper. They just with torture else. peppers in yeah. like a basement for years and make them hot and angry. Yeah. And kind of an aside, I thought about this for for the show, mm. but uh, copying this guy. Um, so I saw this guy on YouTube that does. Um, video game reviews. Okay. After eating a hot pepper. Oh. So he eats a, the one I watched. He ate a habanero, without any water, any milk, any any anything. Right. Pounds it. Mm-hmm. And then tries to do a review. Yeah. It, it's amazing. Um. I can't imagine talking about anything except the pain that I experienced <laughs> while I'm eating a hot pepper. Yeah. Um, if any of you are interested, if you search YouTube, I don't know the, his actual name. It was the Hot Pepper um, review Hot guy. Pepper Video Game Review. And it's just amazing. I, I think it was pretty great. Yeah. Uh, sure I love seeing people hurt themselves for, for internet fame. Well, the, the fun thing about peppers, and I was kind of talking about this with one of my coworkers right after we tried it, is I'm a huge hot sauce Mm -hmm. pepper fan um i like to try anything that comes across i've never had a straight ghost pepper um i've only ever seen it ground up like in a sauce or in a beer uh but i love trying it and some people talk about like this incredible high that they get off of really hot stuff i have a surprise for you then oh no this is really scary please come back i'm on camera alone again So, for those of you that might wonder, this is a ghost pepper. Ah, that little guy right there. That's, an, that's like a strawberry pepper. Give me an idea what that does. Uh, I make a very, very hot chili. And that very hot chili, we uh, I, I make it with about three habaneros mm-hmm. uh, for a pot of it. Uh, this one pepper kills those three yeah. habaneros. So are we eating one? No thanks. I mean, yes. Maybe do, one do day. A, do, the, do the hot pepper hot, beer hot review? Hot pepper beer review. I'll just excuse myself. Oh, we just float it in the beer like a, uh, the, the Chipotle beer, just like a, okay. uh, a garnish. Yeah, like a, what do you call it, sidecar. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay. the thing that was nice about the ghost pepper, though, if you guys do like hot stuff, we lost the viewer. That's mm. sad. Um, if you do like hot stuff, is the ghost pepper actually had a pretty good taste, too. It wasn't just, like, straight uh, heat, like, um, if you go out and do, like, a wing challenge or something. Um, it, that one had a nice flavor, and we did, uh, I tried the ghost, uh, ghost face killer. Um, and I forget who that's by, but it also had a nice flavor, too. So, not just in-your-face, punchy, mm-hmm. gross. So, anyway, um... Yeah, this beer, pretty good. Um, get a little bit of the pepper taste. Yeah. Not, not super impressive, though. Mostly smoky. So, okay, so the the you know, the, the dark beer, stronger, heavier thing. Um, kind of good with that. And one that I talk about probably every show, because it bothers me that much, is, and my note for this, mm-hmm. is every beer myth about cans ever. Yeah. Um, everything anyone says about beer cans other than it's great. I generally, I, I see it's just a myth. You know, they, it, if you say they taste metallic, if you say that, you know, it gets too cold, not cold enough. Uh, cheapens the quality. Yeah, cheapens the quality of the beer, uh, any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. The, the only thing that it does is if you think that it does something to your beer, it will. Mm-hmm. If you think it makes it taste metallic, then it does. Right. You know, but just remember... Um, you know, A, the inside of a can is coated with plastic, so it's not really touching metal except for the very tip. Mm-hmm. And very few people think that beer out of a keg, which is all metal, and out of a tap, which is Stainless all metal, yeah. uh, you know, they, no one ever notices that that has a, right. has a taste. You know. We got Brian all fired up right before this doing a Google search, and we found some very ignorant mofo who tried to say that uh, canned beer was bad. So he's been roiling yes. over there in his own stew for quite a while. Um, I, you know, if you guys, if someone watching this has, uh, you know, has something about metal cans or beer cans currently that is bad, um, by all means tell me because I haven't found anything yet. Hmm. You know, they're easier to recycle. They're better to easier to transport because they pack closer. 
their can is lighter than a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take them more places. They block out light better. Just everything. Yep. Uh, well, don't say it won't explode. Okay. I By saw explode, I mean like won't break into a bunch uh, of glass the, Nas- the National Homebrewers Convention this year, mm-hmm. uh, they made a beer for everyone. And gave it gave a can of this this homebrew to everyone who attended, Uh-oh. and it was overpressurized. Nice. So rookie all, So almost all the cans burst, basically on their way home. Nice. So every, a lot of people that had it packed in their bags. Yeah, sorry, when I said explode, I meant doesn't shatter into glass exactly. shards. It'll cut you into pieces. Yeah, just just metal shards. Mm-hmm. Just metal shards will yeah. cut you into pieces. Yeah, it's not, nothing. Hmm. So I don't even want to get back. You know, there's no no reason to get more into that. Just. It, all the bad stuff about you, you hear about cans, it's not true, and it bothers it bothers me. Um, this is one that is kind of counterintuitive to everything we said so far. Hmm. Uh, all local beer is good. A lot of people say support every local brewery and buy the local beer, and it's you know local beer is better than macro beer. It's not always the case, and. I, you know, we have one or two around here that will remain nameless because I don't, you know, I don't they don't want to give them any more business than they already have. Well, then I don't really want to knock anyone. Oh, oh, yeah. is that the reason? Oh, my bad. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't want to, to purposely give someone bad, uh, bad publicity, but if someone asks my opinion of the specific places, I will tell you. Yeah. But they, uh, one in, in particular is run by, run very poorly by someone who really doesn't understand beer, who I've gotten sour kegs by mistake from, uh, that he tried to sell a sour, mm-hmm. and just treats, doesn't treat brewing as a science at all, and just treats it as something he can just throw together without understanding any of it, and can be okay with it. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm not okay with that. You so, can absolutely make a bad product. Sorry. You know that from any other thing, restaurants yeah. you go to. Yeah, they exactly. They might be crappy, and they might be owned by your best friend. So. Yeah, and that's the same idea. So, you know, a local restaurant isn't always better than a chain restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, local people make bad stuff, too. Yes. Yeah. But that's that's one that, uh, you know, people, local vores tend to, just spout all the time is local is always better buy local right and i agree when you can and when it's the better product or at least an equal product right always go local i mean you can expand too i mean just because uh it's not local doesn't mean it's 200 miles away and that's that's fine too i mean you're still supporting again and we beat this one all the time uh better ingredients uh a love for the craft uh something like that as Mm -hmm. long as it translates into a quality product right and don't don't take this as i'm saying be leery of local breweries go try every local brewery Mm -hmm. but determine for yourself we could be wrong you could really like these brands that we don't like yeah um but i doubt it but if you try something local and it's terrible you know don't keep giving them your money right you know uh don't be a jerk about it, but if, if it's not good, it's not good. Yep. Just because it's local doesn't mean it's good. That's that. You tried it. You did the good um, thing. So the last one I want to mention here before we look at a, um, like a kind of a, a quick... And we're back. Okay, so what I was saying before my internet decided to shut us off there for a minute, uh, and I didn't actually write... Disgusted. I, I didn't write this one down, but this is one that I, I kind of argue people with. Okay. And uh, honestly, I, I wrote a post on my site about this, and I was wrong. Nice. So, uh, so what does IPA stand for? India Pale Ale. Okay. Um, so the, you know, the story or the myth goes that for beer to go to make the voyage over to India when it was a colony of England, they had to make a hoppier beer to help protect it and make it higher alcohol so that it would survive the voyage, right? Right. Um, they're actually proving that that's not true. That uh, beer with that same level of hop character and profile and alcohol was already being sold in England before anything was being sent over to uh, to India. Okay. Um, and that ideally it's a, a hop... Now mind you, you have to remember, uh, you know, backtrack here for a sec, that way back when 
Britain first started having India as a colony, they, you know, there was a lot less hops used in beer. Mm -hmm. So a hoppier beer tends to be a more refreshing beer, hence, a, you know, a good hoppy pilsner. Um, or, you know, a nice hoppier, stronger lager. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what people say is, like, good and refreshing and great for a hot day. Well, hops tend to give that refreshing character. Right. So it's better for hotter weather. Mm -hmm. And that's a hotter climate. So they got a little bit... They, they got the hoppier beer. So it had nothing to do with preserving the um, beer? Some companies might have tried that. Mm -hmm. uh, but putting that much more hop in it isn't really going to you know, do anything. Right. The best case scenario, it's hoppier because over that voyage, the alcohol is going to break down a little bit of the hop. Mm -hmm. So not so much for a protective value, but so that you get the same bitterness level that you want. You know, if it's going to go on a two-month voyage, three-month, however long it was, you know, think if you get a fresh IPA and you put it in your basement for three months. You know, you're, you're supposed to just like Stones and Joy buy and all mm -hmm. those. Drink it fresh. You know, drink yep. it now. Yep. They, uh, they did it so that it had the same high-level bitterness that they wanted when it got there. Um, and that ideally a lot of the beers that went over there weren't that much stronger in alcohol. Well, it's kind of six and one half dozen in the same thing, right? Because, mm -hmm. sure, you're saying they didn't brew it specifically for this travel to India, mm -hmm. but they did discover that it was better for the, for but the it was journey just, to but India. But it was just taste. It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't souring. It wasn't going... Preservatives and all that yeah. nonsense. It was just, I want this level of bitterness. Uh, when it gets here, it doesn't have that level of bitterness. Mm -hmm. Or it's hotter, so I want more bitterness. Uh, just change the recipe. Oh, the magic of science, kids. And, and that's not even 100% proven, right. but the big myth here is neither is the idea of the preservative to make the voyage. Mm -hmm. And everyone t retells that story and retells that oh, story. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, any, any tasting you ever go to, you're going to yeah. hear that. Uh, and same idea for, oh, we're down to one viewer now. Oh, everyone's tired. Of, they don't even believe your story. Yeah, That's what's going on. Like, so, so basically, if anyone that listens to this later thinks, you know, has some, some stories or some proof, otherwise, by all means, tell me. Um, the, the myth here that I'm saying is that it's 100% that reason, mm -hmm. where it's not actually 100% that reason. So if, if somebody has something to show why it isn't, just let me know. Cool. And, you know, I, I'm up for a change. Mm-hmm. So the last thing that we had, myth-wise, was a nice little infographic that I'm going to post on my site uh, that just goes through a whole bunch of uh, simpler myths here. Uh, so I'm just going to run down them real quick. Uh, the one, this, this is a good one. We, I can't believe I forgot about this. Cold-brewed beer. Oh. Um, you, you can't cold-brew beer. No, it's brewing, brewing beer is boiling. So, you know, there's, there's that right there. So just... Quit, quit assuming or quit accepting if something yeah. says it's cold brewed it's not cold brewed nonsensical um, this is brewed by dragons yeah you might as well be uh, yeah then they, this infographic mentioned same thing we just said dark beer is heavier than light beer um, it's not true uh, you know it, it refers to the color the SRM scale mm -hmm. of what the malt that made the beer was has nothing to do with ABV has nothing to do with how it sits in your stomach it just doesn't you know, I, the thing that's making it seem that way is your head. Mm -hmm. It just is. Um, another one here is... Oh, that, that's kind of weird. Uh, it says, beer shouldn't be better. And that's actually kind of one it used to be around a while ago. Remember the old commercials, the bitter beer face? Mm -hmm. uh, but that seems, that's kind of gone away now. Even the beers that aren't that bitter don't seem to complain too much about that. Yeah, I like the Miller Light reference right here. Yeah, the three-time hops. Um, only the best beers add hops three times. So triple-hopped beers. Um, you know, there's some beers that add four, five, six times. Mm -hmm. uh, you do uh, Dogfish Head 60-minute. Uh, yeah, it's con it's con 60 minutes. Yeah, yep. it, they continuously add it for 60, 90, 120 minutes, mm -hmm. you know, based on the beer. So that that's a continual hopping. So continual hopping is better than triple hopping. Absolutely. Um, you know, depending on what you're getting, you know, sure. style you're well, going theoretically, for. theoretically, yeah. Um, here's a kind of with that first one, the uh, cold filtering. 
Um, it, yeah, a lot of beer is filtered just so that it's you know it's more steady and yeah, more stable yeah. when it comes to you, so that the yeast is out of it. And there is some aesthetic pleasingness to having clarity in a beer. Yeah, but whether it's warm filtered or cold filtered, uh, you know what. It's just that doesn't mean anything. And you have to. You technically have to filter cold because the colder it is, the more all those pieces clump up and get caught exactly. in the filters. So yeah. if you had hot filtered, nothing would happen. Exactly. That just doesn't make sense. Um, one here we didn't really mention that I've kind of mentioned before is the uh, the bottle color. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say bottle color doesn't matter. Uh, it does one hundred percent. You know, the darker the bottle, the better. That's why cans are the best. Um, you Less know, light getting in there, the happier your yeah, beer is. Yeah, you know, clear bottles, green bottles, uh, yellow bottles, all let more light in than a dark bottle or best of all can. Uh, last one here, and this can go either way, uh, the myth on beer glasses. Mm-hmm. A, that um, you know, beer glass doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it definitely does. You will get a little bit of a different taste based on the glass you use. Uh, but I think that myth can work the other way too. That if you don't have the perfect glass for a beer, just shut up and drink it. Yeah. That you know it's not going to be bad. A beer is not going to be terrible. Right. You know if you use a uh, if you use a shaker instead of a, a stange or stange. Yeah, you're not gonna ruin the beer. Yeah, it's it's gonna be fine. Actually, um, that, I mean, there's so much behind that too because Brian and I both, I'm assuming, prefer the tulip glass where you sort of have this area where the beer can come out and then it narrows all that flavor back in and then winds yeah. out and you're supposed to get like the full nose off a tulip glass. Mm-hmm. But let's not forget that some of the best breweries out there make Pilsner glasses. Uh, Dogfish just dumped a ton of money behind making that IPA glass. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, we really look at them as a legitimate craft brewery that's doing stuff for the industry. Yeah. They believed in spending money uh, and they did behind this perfect mm-hmm. IPA glass. That's yeah. not to say that some breweries aren't just making money uh, mm-hmm. off of providing glassware with their logo on it or whatever, but if somebody cares about their beer, they're not going to yeah. put it out in some kind of crappy glass. Exactly. And, you know, it's the same idea with the what people think about the dark beers. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes the same with glassware, that you know, a lot of times you think a beer tastes better because of the glass you use. It, same idea. If it... If you think a beer tastes better off a certain glass than another glass, then drink More it out of that glass. Too, yeah. yeah. So I guess that myth can go either way. Right. Um, it, it, the truth is somewhere down the middle. Right. Uh, the last one that it mentions here is uh, a good point of contention. That the wine is more complex than beer. And... You know, this is a fight. I don't know. If, I don't think I want to win this fight. <sighs> y- you know, I don't think so, but... I don't think one is more complex than the other. I think it's based off of the quality of its that it's made. You know, technically, remember, um, you know those you know four dollar bottles of screw top wine that you buy mm-hmm. um, probably aren't as complex tasting as you know a fifty dollar bottle. Right. And same idea. You know the the twelve dollar case of beer you buy isn't going to have as much of a complex character as a. Fifty dollar mm-hmm. case of beer you buy, or a forty, or even a thirty. So, I think it's more tied to the quality of the product, and it's apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think, or you know, grapes and hops. Right. I, I don't. I don't think that. I. No one's gonna win that fight. Well, the first thing that I said is, if you just want to go on straight complexity, uh, beer is infinitely more complex than wine, just because you can put all of these different ingredients in a beer. And you don't have people doing that with wine. In wine, all the tar and dark fruit flavor and all the stuff they put on, it's coming out of that grape. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, I understand it's coming out of the dirt, you know, the soil conditions, that kind of stuff. But yeah. um, they're not brewing with soil. Uh, whereas a brewery might try to brew with soil. I mean, it might not come out well, you know, but it's these kitchen no, sink I, beers. I, so. I definitely see your point, though, that... You know, a, a the character of a beer can be changed by the yeast used, mm-hmm. or the the different hops that are used, mm-hmm. or even you know the the different type of malt that's used. So you know, technically, I'm Just gonna have to agree sense. with you. Yes, but yeah. I like I said, I don't think it's an argument I want to win. No, because as much as we well, I diswine. Um, I still drink it. Mm-hmm. There's certain styles that I really enjoy. Um, I'm just the beer person. Yeah. Well, that's getting us to just about the hour mark, so I think we're 
basically done. Winding down. Um, thanks for the one person Thank that you, stayed God, the whole time. Thank you, stuck to us. That's awesome. Uh, if anyone that watched this or watches it later has anything to say about this, it, you know, let me know. This was our first try, and I kind of like it because it's going to save it for later, but, um, yeah. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It, I'll put a bag over my head next time if that'll make everybody happier. We're still going to release this as the audio podcast, so that's why I tried to not be too super visual in, you know, showing things on camera and everything, uh, but... Ideally, yeah, you know, you should be able to listen to it the way that you normally listen to it. And if you want to watch it, you can watch it. It's just coming and out sort of band-aidy. It might be kind of old. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's it. Thanks for watching. Hope we didn't ramble too much. And hope you enjoyed it. If you did, let me know. And better yet, if you didn't enjoy it, let me know. Woo! Talk to you guys soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Craft Beer Showdown Podcast. Make sure to check out craftbeeracademy.com for more information and to give feedback on today's show. Don't forget to watch the next episode live on Google Plus Hangouts or YouTube by going to craftbeeracademy.com slash live dash show.